Hello and welcome. I am Anders Bolling and this is Mind the Shift, a podcast about a shifting world and shifting minds. The nation state is a concept we are so accustomed to that we seldom think about it as a fairly recent construct. We tend to treat nations as a given, like uh, phenomena in nature, but that's an illusion. Most of them are pretty flimsy actually, and over time they change their borders, disappear or reappear. But they all have leaders. In this episode, I have the honor of introducing a head of state, the first so far on Mind the Shift. Our guest today is Vit Jedlicka, president of the Free Republic of Liberland. It is a nation that this spring celebrated its fifth birthday, its fifth year in existence, yet most of the audience probably haven't even heard of Liberland. Welcome to the show, President Jedlicka. Great to meet you, Andre. It's a great pleasure to be on your on Mind the Shift. Okay, so your country is five years now, and I understand you have 1,000 full citizens and as many as 600,000 people applying for citizenship. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, the numbers are growing every day. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, you know, maybe the biggest boom was at the beginning. We had almost 120,000 people who applied in the first week. Now we're growing linearly, but it is 1% out of 1% of the world population that I would say are Liberlanders and they're getting on track of building Liberland as a How many did you functional say one, sovereign state. You didn't say 1%, you said... 1% out of 1%, I would say, in every population okay. around the world. If you consider, for example, in the United States, we have uh, 20,000 people that, that applied for citizenship, for example, or uh, in Russia, there is 10,000. So it's, it's roughly the same around the world. People that strive for freedom are minority and uh, people that support it directly, you know, are, are getting together and, and grouping behind Liberland. So right now it's roughly 650,000 people globally that support the idea and, and they signed up on our website. Super interesting. Yeah, we're going to come back to the ideas behind this and, and, and your, what you're striving for and all that. But you're, it is, I mean, concretely, Liebland claims uh, an area, a disputed area. It's called uh, Gornjasiga, which is placed, uh, situated between Croatia and Serbia. But as far as I understand, no one actually lives there as yet. So those 1,000 citizens, are they real citizens? I mean, what rights do they have? Well, just to maybe just to get back to the disputed, you know, that that's the fun part about Liberland, that it was not disputed and we are still the only uh, country that claims this territory. So in this dispute between Croatia and Serbia, neither Croatia nor Serbia are claiming this particular piece of land. And that was that was was so interesting about Liberland in the first place. And it's interesting that it's until today, you know, not, not Croatia, not Serbia have claimed this territory. And Serbia actually uh, fully and directly stated that they don't mind creation of Liberland on this territory, despite Croatia saying this part of land belongs to Serbia. So it is, it is very interesting. Uh, indeed, I'm today in Belgrade pushing forward our relations with our closest neighbor uh, and, and making some practical steps to, to make Liberland reality. Yeah, but still there is no, there are no, there haven't been 
any houses built? There is no one living. No, no Liberlander is living in Liberland. In, well, in the we, we built a small uh, houseboat fleet, uh, so people okay. can technically stay in Liberland on boats. Uh, yes, Croatia is making it quite difficult for anybody to stay in Liberland, including for Croatians. You know, the, they are actually protecting the territory from anybody, and they say they do it for Serbia, but in the reality, they are doing it for Liberland. Okay, that's that's really interesting. So, so Serbia is accepting that Liberlanders are want to settle here, and they have no problem with that. But but Croatia has more of a problem with it, and they are they are guarding the border. Is that correct? It's on the Croatian side of the river, which of course uh, you know. Yeah. So you have you have land border to Croatia, but you have a, a river border, the Danube, to Serbia, yes, right? Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And if Croatia ever wants to claim these parcels on the on the right side of the Danube, on the Serbian side of the Danube, as they are claiming, they must not claim Liberland. And that was the situation from the very beginning. I thought it's a great opportunity. And and I, you know, people are trying to portray it like there is some sort of win or lose scenario. No, if Liberland gets to be created, it's a big win for everybody, especially for Croatia. You know, we calculate that we can boost the economic prosperity of the whole country by 10% in 10 years. It's a, and it's very realistic based, based on the data from other places like Hong Kong. Uh, you know, Shenzhen was boosted enormously by, by the existence of Hong Kong and it actually helped to transform the whole China from a undeveloped country into one of the economic superpowers as we see today. Okay, so then, then we, that leads us over to the the construction of this country and the basis of it and uh, the ideas. And so you are planning on creating uh, some kind of a free trade zone here. Or well, what no, is we already have a free trade zone and Liberland companies are already able to utilize the special economic status of the free trade zone in Apatin, which is the closest city to Liberland, uh, where you don't have to pay uh, customs or you don't have to pay uh, VAT, value-added tax. So there is already a, a possibility for Liberland businesses, not just to do virtual business and exchange cryptocurrencies and, and other stuff, but they, they will very shortly officially be able to uh, trade through this special zone that, that is on the Serbian side of the river. I'm quite keen about it because I think Liberland is too small to have an industrial area. We can really boost the Serbian economy by putting some of that industrial uh, production onto the Serbian side of the river. Yeah, so you're talking about size here. So maybe we should explain to the audience what, what kind of size we're talking about. It's so I answer some comparison. Liberland is three times bigger than Monaco, 10 times bigger than Vatican. It's just the size of Gibraltar. Okay, so seven, is, kilo, uh, seven square kilometers. Is that yes, seven square kilometers. It's not enough to build a big international airport. Uh, there, but it's it's big enough to build a small airport and uh, at least in the initial stage and and have a very nice city. Again, we are three times bigger than Monaco. So, it's and how many people live in Monaco? Fifty thousand? Uh, well, two hundred fifty thousand would make oh, really? us the most overpopulated country on the planet. Already more more populated than Macau. Uh, so I would say the reasonable number of people to live there would be hundred thousand from just a rational perspective. Okay. Uh, you know, we've got amazing architectural designs. If you put into Google Liberland architectural competition, you will get to Liberland Press article with all the results uh, for, of the architectural uh, competition that took place two and a half years ago. 
uh, and uh, and we are having another round of architectural competition. And that's why I'm actually here in this urban design company uh, now in Belgrade because we are making the connections between the real people that are doing real stuff and liberal and community that so far has been building on the paper. Uh, but these things are kind of getting connected these days. That's really, really interesting. So you're, it's getting concrete now. And so what do these projects look like? What kind of housing are you, are you planning on? Now there is, there's going to be like a showcase village in Serbia as well that we are planning to develop fairly soon. Uh, there is a, a, a place on the riverside or of, of Apatin that we are openly planning to develop, uh, hopefully with big names like Zaha Hadid involved. Uh, and uh, we have got this free zone, which will be a nice industrial park. So there are three kind of piloting projects on the Serbian side of the river. And meanwhile, we're also organizing our competition, how Liberland as a country should be organized. But we've got Patrick Schumacher, the CEO of Zaha Hadid. He is the proponent of free market urban planning. We want to build an online platform where a lot of interactions could take place before the actual construction take place, uh, kind of a virtual Liberland. Uh, and uh, this is one of the big projects for next year. We basically build kind of a matrix for Liberland uh, to help investors and architects and urban planners to come together in some virtual space and, and prepare the things before we get to build on the ground. You want to build high-rise buildings, skyscrapers, or do you want to build some kind of uh, environmentally friendly greenhouse? I'm I'm more of a you know kind of fit into the nature guy, but I would leave this to the uh, investors. I think that's one of the key of success of Liberland is that we don't intervene with the with the investors uh, too much. Uh, we will just give them a platform. Uh, where they can interact with other people. And I think that's the best way to make sure that the city is really vibrant. So you, you can see what you're building, of course, but also what others are building and you make your best to somehow fit it. So it, it doesn't look uh, bad, but there will be no center planning urban design authority. There will be a platform in, to, to which people will be able to get access and again, build whatever they want to build in virtual reality first before it happens on the ground. So what does it look like now, the nature on, on this, in this area? It's a beautiful piece of land. It's actually one of the most beautiful parts of Danube with, uh, I would say, more than one kilometer long sandy beach in the middle and a nice sandy island. And when I say sandy, I'm talking about the, the white sandy beach. You know, no, no, there is okay. not a piece <laughs> of mud you could find there. It's, it's just a beautiful part where I love to spend most of my summer uh, if not directly inside of Liberland and on the adjacent uh, islands around Liberland on the Serbian side, that's where we have the houseboats. It's, it's a really beautiful area where you are just far enough from any street or from any civilization right now. I'm kind of enjoying uh, having the small Liberland community there over the summers. And, and, and I understand we will kind of break that, you know, this, this kind of early days of Liberland where you are literally in the middle of the nature without and you when you wake up in the middle of night you know you can you, can, you have the deers coming to drink from the river <laughs> and uh, there are these coyotes that are making sounds and uh, it's, oh really the sky is just beautiful so we will probably 
um, change that sooner or later uh, with, with our urban development. But yeah. I will try to make sure that uh, we keep the ethos of, of keeping the nature uh, very virgin in the, in the region. Mm. Has Liberland uh, as yet been recognized by any other nation in the world? Yeah, we, we signed a, a recognition deal with Somaliland two years ago. That was the first country to recognize Liberland. Uh, and, uh, and we, by the way, very weeks ago, uh, Taiwan uh, opened up an embassy uh, or representative office in Somaliland. Uh, so we're, we were the first one, now Taiwan is the second one. Somaliland is a very interesting story. You know, it's a fully sovereign country, with, which is bigger than United Kingdom, with 5 million people living there. Yet nobody in the world, a part of Liberland, uh, wanted to recognize it, but we were the first ones to come in. And I think these guys really deserve it. They're doing a great job for 27 years now, independent of independence. Uh, there is no security problem like in Somalia. They are free market oriented. Uh, They're doing far better economically than Somalia is doing, yet they are not recognized countries. So for that particular purpose, I decided to travel there and, and make, make the deal between our two countries and, uh, and also get a little bit of experience. How is it to run an unrecognized country in, in modern world? And you can mm. see it's moving forward. I was expecting there will be more recognitions to follow and I was correct. Okay. So you mean there have been more recognitions of Somaliland after after you did it, or yeah, no? yeah. Taiwan just recently opened official oh, yeah, yeah. diplomatic okay. mission in Somaliland, and since that we have a couple more recognitions, but I cannot tell you because it's still a Liberland uh -huh. uh, secret uh, because uh, you know, our, our diplomatic relations because of the the world is complicated today are of course fragile, and we have to make sure that our partners are basically protected. Uh, until we, we like build up enough diplomatic presence around the world. So right now we are making sure we, we have a couple UN countries to recognize Liberland, but uh, we are building an alliance of these countries before we go public with this. Mm. You, but you have, you have representation in a, in a large number of countries. Uh, yeah, we've got more than 115 countries now covered with our representative offices. And uh, which is far more than usual European country, by the way, does have. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some of the countries, usually around 60 to 70 embassies around the world, like average European countries. So we are above that. And it, it's, a, it's a big, uh, it's a kind of monumental diplomatic effort, but I think it's required now for these early days of Liberland to become very active and make friends with everybody. So diplomacy is, of course, one important part of building a nation uh, and then there, there are all these symbols of course you have a lot of symbols uh, I don't know all of them but I have checked your website and everything and uh, uh, we were talking a couple of years ago when I wrote uh, an article about Liberland and uh, then I saw your flag you have a flag of course and it's yellow and with and a black. black stripe and then you have a coat of arms in the middle so what does this represent what does it symbolize uh, the coat of arms in the middle, uh, okay, that, that's uh, sun because we are a positive project. There is a bird, um, basically. Yes, yeah, a black uh, bird, but a silhouette of a black bird. And yeah, then there's yeah, yeah. A that's the freedom, sun. right? In, in okay. the, and then there is the tree of prosperity and the Danube River. And yellow and black, yellow basically means free market and, and black means minimum government. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. <laughs> so 
Yeah, to many people, this probably sounds like a, a fun uh, and somewhat crazy project, but but there is a serious backdrop to this whole enterprise. So I understand because uh, I've read and heard you talk about this. So what, what do you want to achieve basically with this? It's not just a fun thing. It's you have some deeper meaning with this, don't you? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a lot of fun to start a new country, but the deeper meaning <laughs> is of course to, to break the paradigm and make sure there is enough free places on this planet that, that freedom loving people can live in. So, uh, would you, so there are two p- p- parts of this. One part is to 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 actually start a new country, country concretely on on an area in an area disputed area between Serbia and Croatia, and the other part is to to uh, to have a project of principles. So, what, what what's the most important? What's uh, what's your driving force? What uh, motivates you most? You know, I've been, I've spent a lot of time trying to think how, how to basically bring more freedom to the world. And I, I uh, worked a lot on translating videos and educational projects. I think we've got 25 million views in, on our channels now with uh, one of my older projects, which is not bad for Czech Republic with 10 million people living in it. But at some point I realized, you know, education is great, but it is changing things not in one generations away, but two generations away. The, the mindset of the people is very much built during the, the childhood and uh, people don't change their minds over education that much, you know, or it's a very rare. And, uh, and the best way how to inflict change is to lead by a good example. Uh, you know, there is no other, no other way. You cannot push people to do something. You cannot, uh, pay them to do something at the end, you, you really have to show them and lead by, by good example. And, and I think this is what the world needs right now. Places like Liechtenstein and, and Monaco and, uh, and Dubai and Hong Kong and Singapore are, are under more and more pressure. You need to open up more space for similar places on this planet. That's it. So what kind of a country is it that you, you dream of, of creating? Is it like Switzerland or... Uh... I mean, when it comes to how it's going to be ruled, uh, the political system, the the government well, system. One important thing is that it's, it, you know, one important thing about the, the governance system, it's quite irrelevant as long as the people can enjoy a degree of freedom. That's why you have places like Liechtenstein, which are actually monarchy or, monis- uh, or basically run by monarch. Uh, or and you have places like uh, Dubai, which is uh, basically run again by monarch. Uh, but, but the most important thing is that people can enjoy a high degree of, especially economical freedom. Of course, personal freedoms are also great. Uh, but I would, I'm one of those people that puts the economic freedom ahead of the personal freedoms. Uh, not by too much, but of course there is a big kind of. Uh, the debate in the libertarian community about which one is more important. So I, I believe that, uh, you know, that the governance itself is not that important as long as, again, the freedoms of the people inside of those countries are respected. But I think we did our best to combine the best elements of republic, something that the United States were, was based on, some elements of direct democracy that works in Switzerland, especially the public veto, and then meritocracy, something which maybe comes from corporate world, uh, so we, we put these three things together in our constitution. Now we are putting it on blockchain. It's a, it's a kind of monumental project as well. 
it's one of my top priorities for, for this year's to finish. We've got some really good partners for this. So if we want to lead by good example, something that other countries could adopt, then I think uh, this is the most important part of the, of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But as you know, many people think that economic freedom, if it's too big, if it's too large, then the freedom f for one person is, is, this, is slavery for another. Well, you know how that's the reasoning false, goes. Of course, you know, and that's... Um, yeah, but are you thinking of checks, of checks checks and balances in some way that uh, you want to hamper? I think this is, this is very much false, like from the, from the grounds up. And, and I think Marxism was proven false. Uh, ideologically and in practice many times and, and this is one of those um, paradigms that that are really pushed through our educational system and that what is making so so much mess you know by making yourself richer it doesn't mean that all the other people get poorer it's actually vice versa the value is created by trade and when the trade is free always both sides win from the trade so Again, maybe you just nailed it. You know, this this thing I think is the biggest mental block built into the modern society as of today. People really think that economic freedom has to be diminished in order to prevent one uh, part of the society uh, feeding up on the other part. But to be honest, that's I think the biggest issue here. It's not true. Simply, the biggest problem that we have of today is that we've got the state and politicians that are subtracting the energy from, from the free market. And, and that's, that subtraction is, is completely ignored. But I'm, let me tell you, it's 50% that the traditional state subtracts from the economy a year. And somehow we redistributes it. But of course, it's always a great possibility to, to redistribute it into, into uh, the politician's pocket. So I think... This is, again, the biggest problem. It's not the free economy that, that, is, that we are dealing with. It is the fact that I would say the anti-free mentality, which gives the opportunity for ever-growing states to occur. Okay, so I, yeah, you're talking about free markets, of course, and, and then the governments and authorities that are hampering, that are, that are, uh, that are um, uh, not making this freedom, this economic freedom happen but you're talking about markets as if it were an entity of its own, so to speak. But um, when it uh, push comes to shove, uh, it's, we're all, we're all uh, human beings. And that's the main thing. We're all human beings living on this planet and doing things and dreaming of uh, creating things and, uh, and yep. uh, gathering and all that. So, I mean, the, the basic currency, so to speak, is the human being. And I was talking to another guy, an Irishman called Colin Turner, the other day here interviewing him and he wants he has this vision of a world without money and i think in in a way you are talking about the same thing because you're talking about the freedom of people but he what he means is that the the the, the economic system in itself is uh, kind of uh, squeezing people into certain mindsets and certain frames that makes them not being free to actually achieve what they really dream of achieving so what do you think about that <laughs> Well, you know, this, these are some of the most dangerous ideas ever, ever built uh, in, in the modern society, like forcefully removing money, for example. And, and I think it's bad enough with, with the fact that the state is, is trying to control the cryptocurrencies or they're trying to control the cash payments. 
trying to push everybody to use basically credit cards. Uh, that, that's already bad enough. Try to imagine that, that this person pushed it all the way and he was removing the money totally. Yeah, but I mean, he doesn't want to have governments controlling us either. So, I mean, the, the, it was the control thing that was, was the main problem. So why do we need money anyway? <laughs> we just want to live here. And we want change between people. And if you well, that's also them, that's also a mindset that you learn in schools. That's not true. That's normal. If you if you want to trade something, you have to be able to trade it for something else. Yeah, and, but uh, why, money? And, and why the middleman? Well, it's, you don't need to have a middleman. You can barter uh, as well. But sure. money have been shown uh, in the history as the most efficient way uh, to do this because they are generally accepted and they make the free trade much valuable. But let me just get back to this idea, you know, where, where somebody thinks that a exchange, voluntary exchange into, between two people, which is again done on a free will, can actually subtract value from one person and add, add value to the other. It's not true, you know, otherwise this exchange wouldn't happen. Somebody values something more than the other person does and, and vice versa. There is yeah. always value created through trade. And that's what the free markets are about. It's a win-win situation. It's always a win-win situation, you know, and if you're trying to fight it by, by removing the money or by hiring the taxation or by somehow some other way intruding into that, you're always diminishing the prosperity of the society. Yeah, well, I just think, I'm, I'm not sure that this call in turn is right, but I'm just fascinated by, by this idea because I think money is a really strange thing. And it's, in my <laughs> worldview, money isn't anything really. It's just energy. But anyway, that's a philosophical uh, discussion. I hope, you will. I, have you, I hope you have enough Bitcoins. I'm not <laughs> a big fan of, of uh, central well, bank money as well. Uh, I think I Liberland is keeping yeah. more than 95% of of our reserves think, into cryptocurrencies. Now that's good. But I, I think as, as long as there are uh, creative and loving people on earth, everything is going to be fine. I'm not worried about if systems are collapsing. We're we'll be fine if we're still here and have health and love each other you know, and, be, and are together. What's the great thing about, about free market? You know, you don't have to really care about others. You can just care about yourself and you're still, if, if the exchange is voluntary, you're still basically caring about others by caring for yourself. And, mm. and this is a very important principle, which is guiding principle for, for what we are doing, right? Mm. That's, that's the free market. And again, I, you know, I, I wish, sometimes I wish I could explain these things better. Well, but, try. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you're on a podcast. Okay. But you're not, you're not alone. I mean, I, I, I hear people explaining these things uh, more or less like you, as you do. And, but there is a discussion about whether or not it's working. Uh, but uh, I mean, I, I think it's... But I was just throwing in this philosophical, you know, uh, torch uh, about money being just energy. So, I mean, that's, you don't have to go that, there if you don't want to. It's just a philosophical thought. But anyway. Yeah, but, but you know, why don't we let people use whatever they want for payments? Here in Serbia, you have to denominate everything uh, in dinars. Uh, but in the reality, people are using euros and you can actually buy stuff with crypto as well. Uh, so it's, it's, it's all right. Uh, but, uh, you know, why, why don't we just let people use whatever medium of exchange they want? If you want to sell uh, for your, I don't know, for gold, that's fine. You know, if you want to use Bitcoin, yeah, there's a lot of people fine. talking about you use euros. Yeah, I can see that in, in social media now. There's a lot of threads talking about people 
uh, wanting to buy gold now because they're thinking that uh, when the collapse comes, we need gold. <laughs> so maybe that's the thing. Okay, no, so let's we, talk will see, we will see something crazy going on after this coronavirus uh, yeah. strikes, and it's, I'm not talking about coronavirus as a virus. I'm, I'm talking about the, the the state intervention pandemic, mm-hmm. which has been by at least two orders of magnitude worse than than the virus itself. You know, the, mm. the, the damage that has been created by by the states in trying to fight the virus is enormous, and we will see mm. it probably in a year two years the 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 damage again the economic damage created now will manifest with people going bankrupt in in next year and it, it's going to be enormous and you will see people will count how many deaths the government created and how many deaths the virus created and it's it already started to count you will be able to see how many people were not born next year because because of the economic slump how many people died because not enough People could afford the medical care, and I'm telling you, it's not one order of magnitude; it's two orders of magnitude. Mm, yeah, I know. I've, those things are already calculated on, so it has started. Uh, do you think Liberland will uh, will um, uh, benefit from from that kind of chaos that will ensue? Well, it's the fun fun part about about Liberland is that yes, uh, people are looking for alternatives when the things are going down the drain and Liberland is an alternative. So it is, it is one of the things that, uh, that is interesting that the, the Liberland is kind of, it's doing great when people are doing great, but it's also doing great if, if, if the world is going down the drain yeah. uh, because we have more incentive for people to move outside of the existing systems into something new. So let's talk a little bit about your, yourself and your background. You, you have a background as an entrepreneur in Czech Republic, right? IT yeah. uh, business. And uh, you were also regional leader of, of a party called uh, Free Civic Party or something? Free Citizens Party. Free Citizens Party, yeah. So, uh, and it's defined as, as many as a populist party, but I think it's a libertarian. You, you would yourself define I it as a libertarian never heard the populist party. label, actually. It's the but, first time I'm, oh. I'm hearing it. Okay, it maybe it's wrong. Party, one of the very few uh, pure libertarian parties formed yeah. in Europe. And uh, okay, we so, made it so, so did, did the European you... Parliament at, at, yeah. some, at, some, you know, at some time in the history. A friend of mine, Peter Mach, became the member of European Parliament. And at that point, you know, I think I fully rec- realized the, the sheer nonsense of trying to change things through political means. Mm-hmm. Because even if you had majority in European Parliament, you still couldn't change anything, really. Because the systems that are built so far were built uh, to be, uh, I would say, uh, immune from, from the democracy already. That's, that's how they were constructed in the first place. And let me give you just an example. Uh, you know, the light bulbs, they, the, the, the ban of the light bulbs in Europe. Do yeah. you think that European Parliament ever voted on this? And these kind of decisions are, are made outside of the democratic control already. It was designed in that way. And I realized, again, there doesn't make any sense to try to get majority in European Parliament. It would not help us. We, the, 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 the political situation is one step ahead. So that's when you're, you're, you started developing this idea about maybe starting a new country. Is that where it was maybe even earlier? Because, again, I, I, I realized that it's best is to lead by good example. Okay. So 
but this is another reason why why we're doing what we're doing. And I always, you know, get back to whenever I, I think back about it, I always come up to the same. There is only one way to go. Just go forward. Mm. But so the, the basic problem with the existing structure that we have is, is that uh, what you were mentioning just now, that the political system is flawed that it doesn't really matter who has the majority. You can't even, as even not even the politicians can change things because there is uh, some kind of hidden structure that's, that rules or what, what's your, what would you say is the main problem? With, uh, the laws and it is non-elected body, uh, which is basically selected. Uh, and uh, on, so on the European level, the nation states lost the grounds for, making their own legislation through giving it to European Commission, which there is 4,000 people better paid than Angela Merkel that you, you probably don't know more than two people, uh, or maybe two from European Commission, but you don't see the other 4,000 people that are working behind the scenes that are very well paid to, to basically make sure that the democratic process doesn't uh, intrude with their, with their long-term agenda. But again, I, at some point I realized it doesn't make any sense to try to educate people about this. Even though I see it as a, one of the bigger, bigger problems of today, just keep on building uh, and, and don't, don't look back. Mm. But the nation states then, are they better than the European structure or I mean the, this... At yeah. least they're closer to the people. You know, I think that this, uh, it doesn't mean that they, they have to be necessarily better. They can be even worse, of course. If you have a uh, communist regime coming back and people in Czech Republic were able to maintain communism without European Union for 40 years. So it is the mindset that you're creating, which of course created enormous economic damage as well as intellectual damage. And everybody that had some sort of sense had to flee Czech Republic at the time Czechoslovakia. Uh, so it doesn't, it's not a, a guarantee, but at least you know, I, I like this quote by Lord Acton, power corrupts and the ultimate power corrupts ultimately. If you, if you give somebody too much power, it is inevitable that the power will be abused. Mm. Uh, and the more power you give them, the more likely it is. And I really like the, the Switzerland mindset. Of course, they would never join the EU just through the, by the principle but they also never trust their own politicians. You know, they never have some sort of cult. Uh, they have this rotating presidency at the same time. Uh, they, they are always uh, distrustful to their leaders, which I think is their best mindset for survival of nation state because they understand this principle that Lord Acton foreshadowed very well. Yeah, that's interesting. And they have these constant referenda, of course, all the time. Yeah. Uh, then so they what's give your... the people possibility to veto the decisions by government. That's something that we have adopted into our political system, which is far better than to give people possibility to suggest new laws, by the way, which is not really working well, even in Switzerland. If you look at the list of the things that are suggested by the people to be implemented, I, I don't think it would be any good for, for people living in Switzerland to adopt them. But uh, luckily, you know, Swiss people are reasonable. So if there is a proposal to give an extra tax to the richest people in the country, they always turn it down because they realize that they would just run away to another country. Mm. Uh, that would not happen in, in uh, other countries in, 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 in EU or in Europe or in the world. They would probably do these referendums to, to steal the money from the rich 
would mm. probably very likely pass uh, positively in, in many countries. So Switzerland is a special place. Mm. Uh, but again, we only adopted the part which allows people to get rid of the laws by, that are set by the government because we believe the less people can actually set new rules, the better because it's likely that there will be less of them at the end. And, and we know the less rules the society has, the more prosperous it is. So is, what's your dream world? Is it a world consisting of small city-states like in, in old uh, ancient Greece or something like the that? The world of thousand Liechtensteins. Yeah, or, yeah. or Lieberlands. Or Lieberlands. Okay. I think that's best, you know, when you really have a, a, a way where you can always go to or flee if, if it, the things are not uh, turning out the way you would like to see them in your own country. Mm. And I'm, of course, a proponent of this five-flag five theory that you should always have a company in another place, have residency in another place, have banking in another place, have your cryptocurrencies in a different country, because that really gives you the freedom uh, to operate and you are not subject to one government that can crush you easily. Mm. Okay. So, um, yeah, well, there are, of course... Uh, Many questions you, you, could, you could ask about this. I, I can ask one more, actually, we, when we're talking about this thousand city-state thing. One thought that comes to mind is uh, global cooperation uh, against uh, global threats or global um, challenges as mm -hmm. there are. I mean, I don't know what, you have, what your thoughts are on, on climate change or any, any other kinds of yeah, environmental like, like challenges. This, yeah, how, how, how would that be done then? If, because I don't... I don't imagine that you like the United Nations. By, by the way, you know, this is a, a very difficult one, but let, let's just be this interview a little bit more out in the open than the others that I did. I really advise you to read the, uh, the Club of Rome, the Limits of Growth book, uh, where they outlined the problem is not global warming. The problem are, are humans and we have to fight them. And uh, the global warming is just a fake agenda that we're going to push to fight the, the humans. And, the, and I just, I, I didn't change the wording too much. You know, it's, it's so much out in the open. And you've got these mm -hmm. global elites meeting and we have to depopulate the world. Uh, and let's just try to convince everybody that we need to uh, make them afraid with global warming. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, it might sound radical to you, but I just... I really ask you to get the limits of growth and read the whole book. It's, it's just, well, I've heard other people understand saying how the global warming uh, agenda started and who was behind it. You don't have to read any conspiracy uh, literature. You can just read it from them directly. And, uh, and it works, you know, people are, and, and not NGOs and, and governments, everybody is falling for it. And uh, it's very similar with this now COVID pandemic where mm -hmm. the cure is, by two orders of magnitude worse than the disease. Mm. So yes, we might have some global warming and uh, maybe there will be some mild heating, but nobody really knows. You know, there is million ways how things can develop. Uh, so far, all the predictions about global warming, 95% uh, of them were just blatantly wrong. Just like with the pandemic, you know, if you, if you look into what the experts said about the number of deaths that we should have by now, uh, we are one order of magnitude somewhere else. Mm. Uh, so it is a scare tactic to, to make people act mm. and believe in something that somebody set up 30 years ago in order to fight humanity, not to help the humanity. 
Mm. Well, I hear people saying these things uh, in other contexts as well. So I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's interesting to hear. I'm not, I'm not convinced that everything you're saying is is correct, but it's, it's really worth uh, considering. Please think about it. And let me give you one more example of this. Okay. The, the IMF says that the global warming will damage the economic growth by 4% in 80 years to come. So in 2100, the date, we will have 4% less prosperity because of global warming. That's their own numbers. Mm. And the European Commission in their own paper says that, uh, that because of the regulations that they put in place, they lower the economic growth every year by 4%. Mm. <laughs> do, you, do you understand how the exponential works? Oh, yeah, yeah. We will be 4% poorer because of global warming, and we will be 20 times poorer because of the EU regulations. Yeah, you're familiar with the work of Bjorn Lomborg, I guess. As well, as well. But, but, and he but has just, talked about you know, think, think about this. You know, imagine that mm. in one case, with the regulations, we will be trying to fight the, the mild global warming or high global warming, but we will be 40, uh, 20 times poorer than we would be otherwise. So mm. in reality, instead of colonizing Mars and making sure we've got proper temperature on Mars, we will be just poor enough to, to deal with the problems here on the planet Earth. You know, do you... Do you well, that's also... You, that's, that, that, yeah, but, but this pessimistic scenario is also just a scenario. I mean, people develop and evolve all the time. They, as you are proponing, the people invent, if, if you let them be free to invent and to create things, they will do that. They will invent, they will create, they will do things. So you, don't, you shouldn't, I don't think you should put that much attention to, to these scenarios, whether they are optimistic or pessimistic. It doesn't really matter. We don't know anything what's going to happen in two years. I mean, we didn't know anything about this pandemic one year ago, and now the world is going crazy. I mean, what's going to happen next year and in two years and in five years? We don't know. We just have to be creative and not be afraid and live our lives. That's my view. I completely agree on that. Uh, you know, and, and again, you know, I'm, I think that most of these things are literally built up and, and people join them because it's a great way to subtract value from the society. So if you look uh, into how, how much money, for example, people living in Czech Republic will have to pay to the owners of solar of uh, solar power plants it's a uh, humongous it's a one billion uh, one billion euro a year now that that people are paying through electric bills to the people hidden behind a shadowy companies usually owned by politicians that put this uh, regulation in place and this is just one example of, of so many things and and to me you know i kind of gave up on trying to explain this because it seems nobody really cares but the economic destruction created in, in the names of, of these saving the planet schemes is just enormous. And, and we are going, we're paying for it, all of us. And they're still able to pull it through. You know, I was very recently on a debate how to, how to discuss the global warming. And there is a scout organization which is only focused on making sure that the next global warming a scam scheme will be successful again in the name of saving the planet, robbing us all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I can, I can, I can uh, agree that there is a lot of exaggeration going on there, but still, I mean, changing, uh, shif shifting energy system from fossil to to other kinds of 
smarter energy systems cannot be bad in itself, but I, I guess no, it's, it's definitely positive, it should, but, but it should be allowed to, to develop it by itself. Yeah. By through the state, not through a free market creates yeah. destruction and you are just prolonging the period uh, before we will ultimately have all electric cars or hydrogen powered because by, anyway, again, by yeah. these different uh, messing up with the market, you're making people poorer, so they are not able to afford the new technology that, that uh, Musk is putting together. It's as yeah, simple as that. Hmm, interesting. Fascinating. Oh, well, I guess we, uh, uh, we could probably talk for hours. Maybe, maybe we will have another opportunity some other time. So, Vit uh, Jedička, president of Lieberlam, good luck with your nation building and thank you for joining the show. Thank you very much, Anders. It was a great pleasure. I hope to see you in Liberland very soon. Mm -hmm.